0: Good morning, everyone. Let's stand together. We're going to get ready to praise the Lord. Amen? That's why we're here, Lord Jesus. let your name be lifted up. Let's praise him this morning. That's all you got to do. Let's do that one more time. Come on, one more time. silence is the enemy. Yes. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it arise. Let praise arise. Let us sing a name in the dark and it changes everything. Doesn't it? We sing with all Looks like. this looks like. Come on, y'all. This, this is what freedom, freedom feels like. Does it feel good or what? This is what it sounds like. We praise you. Let's sing praise to the Lord you. Jesus this morning. This is the what living looks like. like. This is what freedom don't sound so feels like. you so good this morning. You're all
1: sounds
2: Lord. Like.
1: We praise you. We praise you. This is what living
2: looks like. This is what freedom feels like.
0: off my feet There's no sound louder than a captive set free. So then
1: seen what you can do, oh God of wonders, your power has no end, the things you've done before, in greater measure, you will do again, cause there's no prayer. You. We come boldly before your throne. I feel like some people walked in here today with shame on their shoulders and it's heavy. The Word said there is no condemnation in Jesus. So by faith, just take off that heavy garment and He says you can put on the garment of praise. It's light, it's free, it's beautiful. He wants to refine you. He wants to take off all those old things and bring out the gold. Thank you, Jesus. You see what's hidden.
3: Hey, Give the Lord a hand. Come on. God, you're so good. Honor you. Honor you. Honor you. You can be seated. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we're before you wide open. It's it's literally like worship just unzips our soul. It just sort of unzips the flesh suit, the earth suit, so that what is inside gets exposed. And before you, Lord, You've heard her heart cry this morning. Just the words and the declarations of these songs, Lord. These, these carry weight. And Lord, though we may sing these songs and go home and go eat and go do whatever, you, the, the words reverberate throughout the, the universe and the galaxies. Physically, they never stop. These sound waves continue through the heavens. So, Lord, we've released things into the atmosphere and I thank you, God, that when we sing these songs, you answer our prayers and we think the sky is falling, but it's just you answering our prayers. You're creating an atmosphere revival, an atmosphere for growth, and you're cultivating this culture revival in our hearts. And so Lord, we lean into you and we're grateful. We honor you and in our worship. Thank you that you inhabit the praise of your people. You, you take up residence in that. You, you take a seat in it. And Lord, we welcome you, welcome you into this house, welcome you into this place. And we love you and adore you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen and amen. Wow, wow, wow. I did not want to stop. I'm just saying, man. Just sometimes I we get in that, I just like, ah, we don't need to preach. We don't need to do anything. Let's just go. Amen. It's just good. It's good. It's so sweet. His presence is so sweet. You know, if you're new to the bridge, I want to welcome you. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you're new and you're like, wow, those people are really excited up there. Listen, we really are. We really are excited because God, we know what he's done in our lives. And when you know what he's done, you can't, you can't contain it. We used to sing a song back in the day, so blessed I can't contain it. Remember that one? So blessed I got to give it away. And it, that really is the truth. When you're filled with life. You just leak out everywhere you go, and so it just comes out. So, uh, so sorry, not sorry for our excitement. We just are. We just are, and it's for good reason. Listen, if you're new here, we want to welcome you to the bridge. Great to see everybody. I had a great first crowd. I mean, really a sweet spirit in the house, and uh, just appreciate you coming. And, you know, while there's a global pandemic going on, some of us are saying, you know what? I'm choosing fear, faith above fear. I'm choosing to move forward. I'll walk in wisdom. I'll do the protocol, do what needs to be done. But I'm choosing to move forward with my life, and I'm not going to sit back in a setback. Amen? We're not sitting in our setback. We're actually stepping into our comeback. Amen? And that's exactly what God's up to, what he's up to in your life and mine. We'll talk more about that later in the service because, man, I cannot wait to share what God's put on my heart for us all. And so I want encouraging that. So if you are first-time guests, and for those of you watching online, welcome to the bridge. And uh, we're a little envious because you're in your PJs and we're not, but we're glad that you're here, that you're watching with us and participating, and and do do let us know you're watching. If you're on Facebook, you can just click on there. We love the hearts more than anything. So just send us a love. And send your love and let us know where you're watching from because that's always a massive encouragement to us to know where the reach is going. So thank you for joining us and do join the conversation. Be a part of what's going on and participate. And just to give you a little heads up, we're going to pr- uh, celebrate communion in just a few minutes. So if you want to run, get your Fritos or your Cheetos, whatever you're going to use. Go get your elements ready. We're going to participate and celebrate Jesus' life, even what he's done since the last time we gathered together. So Welcome. Uh, and if you're online or you're here you can always email us at info@bridgefbg.com at and in, uh, let us know your prayer request what are your prayer needs we want to pray for you and hold your arms up And for those of you in-house, you can actually fill out a prayer card here at the Connection Center. As you go out to the left, you'll see it says Connection up there, and there's a a series of cards there. So do fill that out. If you're also a first-time attender, we'd love to get information from you just so that we can reach out and say thanks for coming. We're glad that you're here and want to know who you are and where you're from. If you're either visiting our community or you're here, you've moved or relocated, or you're just here, we're glad to have you. And so we want to celebrate that. So could we give our first-time guests a great round of applause? Thank you. Great to have you. And so as we continue through the service, and uh, our heart is just, it's not to put on a show. It's really just to be with him and do it together. You know, I can worship the Lord in my shower, and I do all the time. I sound better when I sing in there, but for some reason, natural reverb. But there's something about when we come together, and all of our voices collectively set up an atmosphere. That I can't reproduce in the house, can't reproduce in my car. It's just something unique that happens when two or more gather in His name and He comes and sits in the midst. And so we can do it with two, but it sure is a lot more fun with three or four hundred. So I'm just saying it's a lot. So thank you for being here today and uh, thanks for joining us. I wanna, before I take care of some housekeeping things, I wanna introduce some precious friends that are here. We've had a we've had a great weekend. I feel like today is sort of the cherry on top of an amazing weekend. We have our board of directors for Bridge Church in the house with us today, and I want to introduce them to you so you can get to know them. I'm going to start on this end. So this is Rick McClure, Rick Wave. Can you all bless Rick with a great hand clap? So Rick is Pastor Rick, and we need to really lift him up. He's running for uh, state representative in Arkansas. He's from Malvern, Arkansas. He and his sweet wife, we love them. We go back 22-plus years of doing life together and walking together. And uh, if you need to know anything about me, good, bad, or ugly, just talk to Rick. He'll let you know the scoop. But uh, we need to pray for him that he will get elected because we're, we're setting things right. From every level, amen. And so uh, that's coming in November, obviously. So lift that up. And then sitting next to Pastor Rick is Pastor Brian Bush and his sweet wife Terry. They're from Nashville, amen. So so Pastor Brian and his wife they lead a church there in Antioch, Tennessee, which is part of Nashville area. And uh, we work together at Ramsey Solutions for Dave Ramsey, and so Dave was our boss and uh, and and actually, Brian's been there 14 years now, so he's been there a good long time. and uh, God just did something amazing when he put our lives together and uh, did not want to do that. So just so thankful um, for kingdom partnerships for you know it's one thing to have a friend it's another thing to have a friend who's about the father's business. And so when we talk and It's usually about guitars first, but then after that, because he's a phenomenal guitar player and banjo player, which you're going to bring your banjo next time. I think when he brings his banjo, we're going to have revival. I think that's the key to revival. So he'll bring his banjo next time, but he's a phenomenal musician, and Terry's a phenomenal worship leader, anointed worship leader there at their church, Crossroads. And so, um, but boy, when God puts you together, there's just people that you connect with in life that you just know you're a lifer. Almost right after you meet them, it's like, I think we're going to be friends forever. I mean, just, you know, that, BFF. So, uh, so, I'm just so thrilled to have them here and sitting on our board of directors uh, from Nashville. And then next to them, again, gosh, I'm trying not to lose it here. <sighs> Excuse me. Well, I'm beclimped over this because these people, um, I've had history with all of them. And they've seen us at our best and they've seen us at our worst. That's why I wanted them on our board I want people who just thought we were amazing. I want people who've seen us uh, in the trenches and seen us when things weren't going great and walked with us. And so that's one of the reasons why I want them to be a part of this because I know their heart and their character. And so Pastor Richard Brown and his wife Donna lead Grace Point Church in Abilene, Texas. Can we bless them and welcome them? (laughs) Pastor Rich is close enough that we can bring him in to preach, so uh, I'm excited about making that happen. Amen? You'll be in for a treat. And, uh, and we, we spent 10 years together in the trenches in Abilene and confounding the community. We were, we were literally the only multicultural church in uh, Abilene, Texas. We are such an enigma so we'd go to lunch at Rosa's over by ACU, and people just looked at us. We're over there laughing, cutting up, and they're like, just, you know, weird. We're what, what this, this white guy and this black guy loving each other and doing life together and having fun. And we just sort of had fun messing with people everywhere we went <laughs> just by doing life together. And uh, when, when the Lord called us to Nashville uh, to go serve a church up there, I, there was no question in my mind. Who I needed to turn the church over to, and it was it was my associate pastor, now senior pastor Richard Brown, because he paid his dues. He's put up with me for ten years. Hallelujah! So he deserved it. He deserved the shot, and he is doing a great job. That church continues to thrive and grow, and just so thrilled that it's in the best hands. And so, and then also, of course, my wife Annette's here. By the way, (laughs) I can't say not say anything. Yay, Annette. But I also want to recognize Don Stefanoff. Where's Don? Where's Don? Did he step out because he knew I was going to do this? <laughs> so he's out roaming the halls. Pam is up here. So Don represents, listen, just real quick. Don represents our local, our local leadership as an elder of our church. He also sits on our board of directors. So we have local, translocal. So we've got it all covered. And uh, so blessed to have Don and Pam as a part of that. And, and I, have to, I have to tell you, I have to confess something. I did something really selfish. Is that okay? just be transparent. I'm a glutton for prayer. So when we were all together after our board meeting and they had just put me through the ringer, not really, we actually celebrated what God's done for the last year. It's amazing. And by the way, we're coming up on a year in September family. Can you believe that? The bridge for a year. Wow. And look at us, a global pandemic and we're still here and just, just going at it. So I, I invited and asked them all to gather around Annette and I, lay hands on us, pray over us, and if God gives them a word, prophesy over us. And I have to tell you something. They, I, I became a puddle. I just turned into a mess, and I almost ugly cried. I was right there on the verge while they were praying over us just to know the collective wisdom and the collective grace that was laying hands on us and praying. And there was a, a very real impartation that happened and received, and some words that... Uh, One word that stood out, several did, and I've wrote them all down after y'all left, but one of them that Pastor Rich shared was, he said, you guys have been influencers. He said, but you're moving from influence to impact. And I said, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because one of our prayers, family, is that we, that God would give us the privilege of being an epicenter of revival here in the Texas Hill Country and actually begin to cultivate a culture of revival understanding what it means to literally host the presence of god and so that's just such a such a now word for us some sometimes you get a word and it's down there this is a now word family and so anyway one more hand for all of our team we just love and appreciate you guys thank you thank you so we're going to receive communion right now if you don't have communion cups if you didn't get that when you came in do raise your hand we'll get those to you jason's back there amy's back there they'll get that to you so just raise your hand and uh, they'll get you one of these. And uh, just to give you a heads up, a little housekeeping detail, just to help you out, you'll appreciate me later. If you would go ahead and peel the top layer of that, the clear layer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. This is why I love Russ. I've given him permission to interrupt me anytime I forget something, so that's what that was. Um, I told him to do that, actually. So, our Bridge Life class, our Bridge Life membership class is next Sunday. After the second service, we already have a pretty full room, but we'll make room for more. Okay, we'll figure it out. So, uh, this is for anybody who's interested in membership here at the Bridge. Uh, like I said, we got a full room, but we're gonna we'll make it work. So, uh, if you want to come and want to be a part of that, we provide a light lunch for that. Also, child care as requested. So, you can sign up in the hall at the Connect Center, or you can go on our website at, at Bridge. Uh, fbg.com and there's a, a sign-up portal there as well and just let us know and so we just need to know how many's coming you want to know what we're about what the heart and soul and passion is for what we're doing here and how we're not just a church who is sitting back in a setback we're a church that is setting up for a comeback a revival we're on a mission from God to quote the Blues Brothers so we are on a mission from God so we, we know what God's doing and what God's doing in our lives and where we're going. So we want to share that heartbeat with you. So if you would, did I catch everything there, Russ? Awesome. Thank you. That's why I love you. So do peel the back. Now, I want you to also peel the next layer as well very carefully, being careful not to launch it onto your neighbor. You don't want to get to know them like that. So there we go. And for those of you at home, we invite you to participate with us with whatever elements you have there or even just symbolically, whatever you need to do. That'll help you, but we invite you to participate. When Jesus was with his disciples on that night before he was betrayed, can you imagine the moment? They did not know what was about to unfold. Jesus knew. Jesus had just outed uh, Judas as the one who would betray, and so they're already going, whoa, what's going on here? So I like to get into the heart, the mind, the humanity of the disciples and the humanity of Jesus. Remember, he's the son of man as well as the son of God. And can you imagine their emotions as now one of theirs has been outed as a betrayer? I can't even imagine being in that group. You've walked together for three years. Maybe even in your mind you thought, man, I think Judas may be taking something from the till or something. I mean, something's not right. Not, things aren't adding up. You can imagine. But they, I, I wouldn't even want to think about a brother like that. But now he gets outed as a betrayer. And then Jesus takes up some bread and he says, hey, I want to... I Ask you to do something. When you're together like this. And it, he was talking like he was about to go away. Even just the way that, that is set up. When you're together like this, I want you to remember me. And they're like, why do we have to remember you? You're right here. And they didn't know that 24 hours from then, their whole, everything was going to change. So I love to read the scripture and get into the, to the heart of it. Because that's when the Bible comes to life. And you go, whoa, these are real people with real emotions, real feelings, real fears, just like you and me. And Jesus is making a massive announcement almost on the sly. So then he takes a piece of bread. I love this, Pastor Rich. In the black churches, this is awesome. They take the wafer and they say, this is my body broken for you. And they snap the wafer. Now we know Jesus' body wasn't broken on the cross because remember when they, when they speared him? They didn't even take it to the next level because he had already died. But he said, this is my body. He took that bread. Then he held up the cup and he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. And he said, it's going to be poured out. My blood is going to be poured out for the forgiveness of the sins of many. And they had to be just trying to figure out where is Jesus going with this? And then he said, he prayed over the blessing. So let's do that, Father, in Jesus' name. We hold before you the body of Christ, the blood, and we remember. We have the vantage point of this side of the resurrection and the written word and history. But we also have history in you and with you. So even from last week, even how you've moved in our lives to the week, whether we noticed it or not, or... Understood, we know that you have been moving because you are always working, always at work. So thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for so great a salvation. Thank you for willing, your willingness to lay your life down for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll take the body. I'm going to prepare in just a moment for more worship and song. It's always been my heart to celebrate generosity in the context of worship. As we are giving, as we are being generous, we are literally looking a lot more like our Father. And I want to encourage you in something. In fact, you can see how to give online, and many of you do. Thank you for doing that. But I also want you to get your eyes on the people that we are blessing, we are supporting. Just this last year, just this year, we've given out over thirty one thousand dollars into ministries into missionaries into the work of the kingdom and our goal is over time to continue to increase that and grow in that giving i want to encourage you to something you're not giving to the church you're giving through the church so as you give as you sow you're giving and you're sowing for change and for transformation. And so I want to invite you to do something. I've asked you to do this lately since we're not passing the plate anymore. If you'll notice, the boxes are on both of those doors. There's also another one we just added over here. And on the way out, they're at all the exits. If you would, before you place your offering in the box, I want to ask you to do something. Would you bless it? Would you speak over it? Would you ask God to take it and send it where it needs to go? And that it would be stewarded for the good of the kingdom. And so and our commitment to you is to steward that well. So I invite you to speak over it. Now, some of you are sitting there going, well, I I clicked enter on the computer I gave online, or I do it automatic. You can still speak life over it. And I want to invite you to do that during our prayer time. Would you pray? Would you speak life over it? Speak hope into it. And I invite you to do that. Now, there's something else I forgot because my mind's going like this right now. And that is we always, every Sunday, pray for the other churches in our community. So I'm going to pray over our giving and our offering as well as pray for the churches in our community. We need to be known as the greatest fans and the greatest cheerleaders of every church in this town that preaches Jesus. Amen. We need to be there holding their arms up, supporting, encourage, and blessing them nonstop. We need to almost be a pest to the point where we're so excited about what God's doing in them and through them, that they're just going, what are you people? you are weird. But we want to let them know we are for them. We are for them. Because when God looks down on this town, he doesn't see 38 churches. He sees one body. He sees one body. And we're just one facet of the body of Christ. Amen? So can you bow your heads and let's get ready to pray. We're also going to worship, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus. We stand amazed at your grace. After all these years, we're still amazed at your grace, your love. Father, thank you that we have the privilege of giving and sowing, and we give with purpose, and we give on purpose. We're here to sow for lives and sow for souls. And Father, even in our giving and in this context of worship, we also... Speak blessing and grace over all the churches in our community, all the churches in the surrounding communities, Harper, Centerpoint, Comfort, Luke Bach, Eve, Eve, all of the churches in our area. We speak life over them, hope over them, grace over them, even as there are many are trying to navigate when to reopen, when to regather and how to do all that and all the logistics, Lord, bless them and encourage them. And we love them, and we're for them just as you are, Father. We honor you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, How about we raise a hallelujah? Does that sound like a plan?
0: Please be seated.
3: Amen. All right, let's go home. That's powerful. That's a powerful message. Amen. So good to see everybody. We had such an amazing time in the first service. I I did a quick review of last week because uh, we're talking about this idea of what it means to actually carry the authority of Jesus Christ on our lives. Now, I got to admit, as I look out across our crowd, I mean, you could be sitting next to a crazy charismaniac. You know what I'm saying? And you could be from a Catholic background, a Catholic church. Or you could be a Baptist sitting next to an assembly of God. We have any assembly of gods in the house? Brian, Brian is. Listen, we come from a wide variety of places. And you know what? That is the beauty of the body of Christ and the tapestry of the kingdom. So we're a part of that. So here's what I'm just giving you a little preface, and a little heads up. I'm going to share some things today that you may or may not have ever heard before, may not have been taught before. So I want you to sort of fasten your spiritual seatbelt, open your ears, or as our teacher used to say, put your thinking cap on, because I really want you to go with me today. Because I want you to listen to what God, by His Spirit, wants to say to you. And here's why. We live in a season right now. As anybody knows, the world has lost its ever-loving mind, or am I the only human here? You know, I spent this last week not watching the news. And I had a lot more. I slept so much better. I even fell asleep yesterday afternoon. What? I never do that. So that just told me something right there. But I have to say something. With the world losing its mind and the wheels falling off of it seems like everything, you have the privilege, the right, and the ability to live above the fray. That is your right as a blood-bought son or daughter of the Most High King. Do you know you're royalty? Do you know you're a king's kid? Has anyone reminded you of who you are and whose you are? So I want to share something with you. We were driving. We went over to Waco. Oh, just big reference right here, and, and really I should be thanked by, by the Gaines family. But we went to Waco, and, and the Magnolia table, need to go eat there. I'm just saying not keto friendly, just straight up, but I, we went over there to spend a day and enjoy time at the silos and, you know, Magnolia table, I had a great time, but as we were buzzing through one of the communities before we got there, because you go through a lot of towns on the way, we ended up first at the light, and you know, we're on the highway, but we're slowed down through a town, so I'm a little antsy, ready to get back on the road, get back up to speed. And this police car, this officer, flies by me on the left in the other lane, like going the wrong way sort of thing. Lights blaring, you know, I mean, it's like, whoa, whoa, and it caught me off guard because I didn't see him coming. So, And then that officer pulls right into the intersection and blocks all the traffic and jumps out of the police car. It's one of those Tahoes, and and I'm just kind of going, whoa, what is going on? I'm sure everybody else watching is and this lady it's about five foot two jumps out of there here's the thing if I would have seen this lady at Walmart or HEB I would have never thought anything about it if she wasn't wearing a uniform but when she jumped out of that that police car with the lights going her hat on her badge packing heat mace all the stuff that's on that cool tool belt you know that Batman kinda tool belt she jumps out, and she's got all that going on. She might as well have been seven and a half feet tall. And when I saw her, I mean, I was like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I mean, she, literally, she's like this tall to me. But I'm like, she's packing heat. And she has something that's really important that we understand. She has authority. Yeah.
2: There
3: you go. And what is it? It was the uniform she was wearing, the badge she received, the training that she's received, and literally the... the confirm the, 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 the bequeathment. How's that for a word? For reaching for a word. All given by, you know, the state of Texas, the city she's in, the county, all of that was conferring upon her all of the authority she needed to keep the peace. And I'm telling you, when she jumped out of there, I wasn't thinking, wow, she's short. If I saw her in Walmart, I wouldn't, I just saw a badge, a gun, a car, And I just, I stopped. I didn't dare. Listen, no one decided, oh, she's not very tall. Oh, she's little. I'm just going to go on through the intersection. I'm just going to go on. She's not very big. No, her authority was bigger than she was. Because the uniform she was wearing spoke volumes. And it identified her to all of us. Now, here's the thing. As a child of God, son, daughter of God, you have been given a uniform to put on. Now listen, somebody Triple Dog dared me not to talk about West Texas this week because they've noticed a pattern that I talk about West Texas a lot. So I want you know I'm not going to talk about West Texas today. I'm not going to talk about where I grew up, that I played football in high school at Post, or that you know I'm just not even going to talk about my car my 69 Chevelle super Sport that I had in high school. So I'm not going there. So whoever dared me, just, yeah, we're, we're good. So um, but I did play sports all my life. Somewhere north of here. And um, I have to tell you something. Every time I put on a uniform, I walked different. I talked different. I thought different. When you put on pads... You just you feel massive. You feel like the king of the. You feel like you could do anything, with shoulder pads, you know, hip pads, the whole thing, a helmet, you know, the mouthpiece, you know, that by the end of the year shouldn't be in anybody's mouth. I'm just saying. But you you feel like you're 15 feet tall in a uniform. What does it do? It identifies you as a member of a team. I have to tell a story when we were when I was young, played little league baseball in Lubbock, Texas, and oh, I mean, sorry, somewhere north of here, <laughs> towards New Mexico and Oklahoma. Um, so, I was on a team that went 19-0. and zero. We won every game, and we dominated everybody, and of course, we were all 13 years old, but we thought we were like kings of the world. Won the city championship, I mean, we were the pride of Coca-Cola company in Lubbock. You know, in Little League... All these different, you know, local companies would sponsor a team, so we were the Coca-Cola Chiefs. You know, there was Gary's Super Dogs, and there was, you know, there was the White Elephant. You know, there was all these different places that sponsored teams. And every time we stepped on the field, no, no, better yet, every time I put on my uniform, I felt massive. Because I knew when we walked out on the field, we were going to win the game. I knew it. There was no doubt in anybody's mind. It was just the luck of the draw and how the perfect storm came together that every good player in Lubbock ended up on our team that year. And it, it was amazing. It was such a memory imprint in my life. Now, what is that? I put on a uniform that identified me with the winners, with the champions. And here's the deal, family. As sons and daughters of God, we actually are putting on the uniform of Christ. Scripture even says, put on Christ. Be clothed with him. When we put on Christ, we are now identifying, listen, with the winning team. You do understand. Let me help you. The enemy lost. The devil lost. Some of you act like he's still going and running and leading things. The only power that the devil has in your life is deception and lies. He has no authority over you. I will say it again, Pastor Rich. Thank you for goading me on. The devil, I missed that about Grace Point. I'm not going to lie. Multicultural church. We need to learn how to talk back to the pastor. I'm just saying. (laughs) Sass me. I'm good with it. So, the devil lost... The war. Right. Yeah. Jesus defeated him. We sang about it a minute ago. Yeah. Jesus defeated the devil. But some of us still live like he's got it all together. He's still got his guns and his weapons. He only has one. And it is the nature of who he is. John chapter 8 says he's a liar and the father of it. Yeah, that's right. And that is all he has over you. So some of us right now, because of the world losing its ever-loving mind right now, We act like the enemy is winning. We're walking around like, I'm so under the circumstances right now. I have good news for you, family. You were never called to live under your circumstances. We are called to live above the fray. Yeah, give God praise on that. We are called. We are empowered. Oh, dare I say it? We're anointed to live above the line, above the fray, because there's a much bigger story going on than COVID-19. Listen, this will be a speed bump down the road. But we, we've turned it into the other C word now. So listen to this. I want to give a quick review of where we went. Super quick. I'm going to blow through this. I talked about this last week, and some of you looked at me. Oh, dare I use a West Texas? North of Snyder... Um, we say things like this, like a calf looking at a new gate. Some of y'all don't know what that means. (laughs) So a calf looking at a new gate doesn't know what it is. It's galvanized, it's shiny and new, and they're just looking at it like, what is this thing? So I want to share something. I mentioned this last week, and some of you gave me that look. And it is this, it's a dominion mindset, a dominion mentality. If you were an athlete, you get that, you understand it. You don't just win the game. You dominate your opponent. That's, that's, you're, you're there to play, but you're also there to win. I mean, really. I'm not, not everybody got a trophy when I was growing up. I'm just saying, okay? There were winners and there were losers. And so I'm just saying, that was the culture I was raised in. So to me, when I think in terms of what God has said about us, that we have the ability, no, the right, it's in your DNA, To have a dominion mentality and to live over and above the fray in your circumstances. Listen, I want that. I want my birthright. Now, I'll share it with you. Genesis chapter 1. Listen to this. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a them. Okay. When he says, let them, we are them. (laughs) That's bad grammar, but you're getting the point. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Did you know you have authority over every creep in your life? <laughs> that is your birthright. Here's the deal. We were created in the image of God in Latin, it's the imago days. That's the terminology I'm familiar with. So, as sons and daughters of the most high God, we are king's kids. We are royalty according to the scripture, Right? So we're positioned in that place. That is who we are. But listen, it's not about the fall. The fall came after that, right? Right. Man, I mean, everything was amazing, and then the fall happened. But we're not talking about something that's impacted by the fall. Pre-fall, it was actually imprinted in your DNA to have dominion over the things of the earth. That didn't go away with the fall. It's in your DNA. It's innate. You inherited that. So, no matter what's going on in the world, you're the citizen of another kingdom, another reality. That is our home. We're just sort of on borrowed time right here for a while, right? This is a basic instruction before leaving earth. I mean, we're just getting ready. And so, here we are, inherited this kingdom DNA, this mentality of dominion. So, look what it says. So, you have all this authority. Now... With that authority, what do we do? Paul told Timothy, here's what you do with the authority that is now yours. Listen, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, listen, you may wage the good warfare. Paul would not have taught young Timothy about a good warfare if there wasn't a good warfare to be fought. There is a war going on and to be fought. We know Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross, but we still have a lot of cleanup to do. It's as literally as though when the children of Israel, remember God said, I'm giving you the land. And they said, that's awesome. So we're just going to trot over there among the Amalekites and the Philistines and the Amorites. And we're just going to go take the land. He's like, oh no, you still have to fight. You have to actually occupy the land. So I'm giving it to you. But there's still a responsibility on your part to occupy until I return. So, literally, they were given the land, but they still had to fight the fight. Paul says this to Timothy. There's a war that's to be fought, to be waged, but it's a good war. A good war? Well, let's see what he says about fighting. Because later, he tells Timothy in the same book. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you also... You were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. All right, back up here. Fight the good fight of faith. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. I grew up somewhere north of here, and and the culture I grew up in, fighting was kind of a thing. Has anyone here ever fought a bad fight? Let's just be honest. That means you lost. That means you got your tail kicked in real life terms, okay? That means you got whooped. Anybody ever get whooped in a fight that would dare to admit it? Thank you for being honest. Was it me? Was it we? No, I'm just playing. So I had some bad fights when I was I was a pretty wild kid. And but I also had some good fights. And I have to tell you something, a good fight's a lot more fun than a bad fight. A good fight is a fight that you win. Paul said this you're gonna fight the good fight of faith, and you're going to win that fight. Why? Because he understood that Jesus had already gone ahead. Jesus had already defeated. Jesus had already defanged, detoothed, and declawed the enemy on our behalf. Now what is our role? It's the same as the Old Testament top and shadow. It is to occupy until he returns. Now we have the privilege of walking in our dominion mindset, dominion mentality, and saying, I refuse to live under the circumstances of this world, the pressures of this culture. No, I'm a child of the Most High God, and I'm going to live like that. That is your heritage, child of God, son of God, daughter of God. Now, moving forward, last week we talked about this. i got to go super fast. We are seated with him in the highest authority. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and here it is, key point, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice the past tense of all of that. It's not going to happen. It already has. Did you know you are positionally right now seated in Christ? Now, where is Christ seated? Somebody help me. At the right hand of the Father, which is the place of favor and authority. So, you are seated in Christ at the right hand of the the Father in the place of favor and authority. And guess where that places you? Over everything. Now, let me just read that to you out of Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul prays a prayer And listen, he clarifies where Jesus is. He says, Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father. Where are we? In Christ, at the right hand of the Father. Follow the logic train. Now listen to this. Verse 21. This is where Jesus is. And where Jesus is, is where you are. And I'm not saying, do you feel like you're there? I said, you are there. The truth is not contingent on what we believe or what we feel the truth is the truth. Amen? Amen. That's good news. Listen, far above, this is where you're seated in Christ, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he, God, put all things under his, Jesus' feet. Let me ask you another question. Where are you? Seated in Christ, in heavenly places, far above all this stuff. And what's under your feet? All things. things. If they're under Jesus' feet, they're under yours. You know what that means? You have the power, ability, and the grace to walk above and walk over every creeping thing on the earth. That is your inheritance in Christ. Can I get an amen? I'm going to skip ahead for time's sake. So I want to talk about so what. Well, that's great, Pastor Jimmy. I, I'm seated in Christ, though I don't feel like it. Uh, you know, my business is, is going kaput because of all this, or I'm struggling, or I don't know where what's going to happen in the future. Welcome to the human race right now. All of us are in that boat. We don't know where things are going. But here's what we do know. We know who we are. Amen. Why? Because we put on the uniform. There you go. Remember. We're putting on the armor of Christ. Come on. The full armor of God. Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. Belt of truth. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then we're taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. That is all ours in Christ. And he says, put it on. Just put on the uniform. Because it identifies us as who we are. So, I want to say this. I'm going to skip ahead. We have the power. This is amazing. We have the power to overcome. Listen to this out of Mark. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, this is the great, I call it the omission because it's Mark 16. We are all big on Matthew 28. But listen to this. Mark 16 is another version of the great commission. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs everywhere they went. Signs followed them. Fruit followed them. Life change followed them. Why? Because they were wearing the uniform, they were walking in their God given authority. Now, how does that translate into where we live? I'm going to go way ahead on this. I'm going to go to the very end. How do you exercise authority? how do you release your faith now depending on where you've come from and again i love the tapestry that's here but i'm also very aware some of you haven't heard some of this terminology and verbiage for example have have you ever heard about releasing your faith some have some haven't some of us have we know what that means but there's also this idea of exercising our authority And the way you exercise your authority is to release your faith. So I want to give you a real simple way to do this. I'm not going to go real deep on this. Because you don't need deep right now. You need to action step. You need to know what to do. Because some of you right now need to fight this good fight of faith and wage the good warfare because you're under it right now. And it's time to get over on top of it. Amen? Amen. So let me help you with this real quick. I want to go ahead and invite the worship team to make their way up. Power, grace, grace. Authority are released by speaking faith-filled words in two ways. Two ways. I I gave a one there. Two ways. Listen to this. Number one, we come before the King of kings and the Lord of lords in a spirit of appeal. Book of Philippians chapter 4 talks about be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request, Remember? Let your requests be made known to God. That's an ask. That is a spirit of appeal whereby we come before God in prayer, out loud, and we say, Father, I'm asking you, would you literally go before me and rout the enemy? Would you give me answers? Would you give me clarity? Would you remove the fog of war off my mind so I can think well? Lord, would you you re-engage me with the fruit of the Spirit? So we come before him and we ask, we appeal. That is one way to come before God, and that's one way to exercise your faith. Another way we exercise our faith is through another thing, and it's called a spirit of declaration. Now, most of us are very familiar with the spirit of appeal. We do it all the time. It's how we pray. Father, would you, would you, would you? But not so many of us have moved over to the place where we're ready to exercise dominion and authority through the declaration. One of the things I've encouraged our worship team with is that when we're leading worship, we're actually declaring the words that you're listening to and watching and, pray and singing with us, we're actually declaring them over you. I mean, our mentality is these words are changing things. They're changing the atmosphere. They're going out uh, even beyond this building. In fact, physically, in physics, sound waves never stop anywhere. They're pinging around all right now, continuing, continuing. And some are escaping out of, this biz, out of this building and going into the very atmosphere, and they will never stop. That is a physical truth, a physical fact, that when we speak, when we declare, when we sing, those words never stop. kind of makes you want to check your words, doesn't it? You're never getting it back. It's like the Internet. Well, I can't believe they're still looking at that. I mean, you know, I didn't get that job because of something I said 12 years ago on the internet. So, I mean, everything is out there. But when we speak and we declare, we literally impact the atmosphere with our words. So how do we release our authority? The one that says you're seated in Christ in heavenly places. The one that says you're far above all principality, power, might, dominion. All those things, we do it through the declared word. Through the speaking and declaring of the word. So... Let me show you how that works spirit of appeal father would you father would you release would you would you grant grace would you give me understanding would you would you help me with this spirit of appeal spirit of declaration father I thank you for your word because it says to me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and Lord I thank you for your word that says I am the head and not the tail your word tells me Lord I am above only and not beneath what am I doing I'm declaring it as I'm reciting the word what am I doing? I'm exercising faith. I'm releasing faith into my words. Faith filled words move mountains, according to Jesus. And so now I'm stepping into, I'm putting on the armor of God, I'm st- putting on the uniform, and now I'm seven and a half feet tall instead of six foot one. And I'm literally releasing my faith through the spirit of declaration. Family, it's Bible. Family, it works. And here's what we know. The Word works, but we have to learn how to work the Word. Amen? Amen. That is what it's for. It is the sword of the Spirit. That is an offensive, not defensive weapon. We are to advance. Now, taking it down to where we live. So where does that work? I'll tell you how it worked for Dave Ramsey. I was the first one there every day. I was. I was, I came, I was an early shift guy. So I was almost always the first guy to, you know, get my key and get inside. And I would walk through our entire department before anybody got there. And we had cubicles in this particular area, like 50 or 60 of them. And I would just walk up and down the aisles and I would declare life over every employee. Because they had their names, they had their disc, you know, stuff. Everything was right there. And I would just declare over them, over them, over them, over them. Declare life. What was I doing? was declaring. I was shifting the atmosphere. I was speaking life into the place. And I was naive enough to believe the Word of God that when I said it, it was going to happen. Now, how does that work for you? How about going into your teenager's room, not when they're there, teenagers, don't panic, and speaking life over their room, speaking grace into their atmosphere? Why not declare, this is a, this is a house of God. And I declare life over my kid. I declare destiny over them. What is that? That's not the spirit of appeal. It's the spirit of declaration. Now you're stepping into your authority and you're speaking over the atmosphere of your child's room. God has called you to live on the offense, not the defense, family. I'm sorry, it's the old athlete and me coming out. But listen, I know as the word says, this is a good fight. We're going to win the fight. But we have to get... A uniform on and take our place understanding I'm seated in Christ heavenly places far above all these things and if that stuff is under Jesus feet and I'm seated in him then it's under mine too that's not arrogance it is agreement with the word of God there's a big difference it's not understanding or thinking I'm strong or I'm all that in a bag of chips I'm not it's understanding he is he is, and He's given me that authority. So when we sing, when we worship, can you imagine you right there? Yes, you. I'm talking to you. You, you, you. Right there during worship, when you read the words on the screen, you take a different stance in worship. Instead of just hoping I'm not tearing up the person in front of me with my being off pitch or whatever, or I'm scared to sing out loud or that's too high for me, instead of how about taking an offensive approach to say, you know what? I'm going to take this seriously. I have a spirit of declaration on me. I'm going to declare these words into the atmosphere. Let me tell you what it'll do. Yes, it will help shift the atmosphere, but it will shift you. Your mentality will change. How you see things will change. It's like putting a different set of glasses on and the world coming into high definition. We were at 720, 1080, and now we're at 4K. It's like, whoa. So how about as we close? Because we're going to sing a song that is a declaration. We need to go after this. We need to go big. Go big or go home. Well, we'll go big, then go home. But we need to go after this and literally get on our minds. I'm declaring this. We're going to sing the blessing. And as we sing the blessing out, I want you to take your stand, take your position, and say, Lord, by faith, I step into this. I'm going to pray it right now. Father, by faith, we step into this. We are sons and daughters before the great King, God Almighty, King of kings, Lord of lords, Aslan, the lion. We're before you, Lord. And as we are, we take our rightful place. We put on the full armor of God. And we stand. Let's all stand together. We stand together, united in heart, united in purpose. And Father, as well as the spirit of appeal, we now move into the place of declaration. And we do it by faith, We do it according to your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said. And let's worship together.
1: to
0: a blessing. Walk in his authority this week. You are dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday.